Ashley Brock, reading Diana Palmer's book, Fire and Ice, Chapter 4. She felt her breath stop momentarily as she looked up in his dark, laughing eyes. I don't want to love her, she said coldly. You might. You make that quite obvious, but you need one, he said unbending. You look like a woman who hasn't been touched in years. Or strokes. He murmured, reaching out to run his finger down her streak. <laughs> cheek. She looked wildly away from him, her eyes dilating, her mouth parted. Don't, she warned, lifted his dark head, and studied her with narrowed eyes, the cigarette making a tiny smoke screen between him. You don't like to be touched, do you? He asked. Which only proves... Which only proves my point. How long has it been since a man kissed you? Really kissed you with passion. She felt as if she were choking. Sex isn't everything, Mr. Van Dyne. She went out of vulgar like I'm none. He applauded. She lashed out at him. That's all you men ever think about. She accused. What do you care about a woman's needs? What do you know about a woman's needs? He challenged his eyes, wandering over her tongue like, Tell me something, Silver. Did your husband really die in a plane crash, or did he freeze to death in your bed? She lifted her hand automatically in voluntary response, a purely passionate act. But he was fast. He caught her wrist in a grip like seal, halted her fingers, just inching from his damn cheek. Leave your hand to me again, wild cow, and I'll throw you down on the floor and teach you lessons and passion you'll never learn. He warned softly. What would you do about passion, you walking business machine? She drew back her hair wild as she struggled to free herself. Face alive and desperately beautiful, he laughed softly. One big arm shot out to catch her and drag her against his taut body, holding her there with effortless ease. She looked up at him with frightened eyes, her struggles intensifying, her face mirroring the apprehension she was feeling. Damn you, she breathed trying to kick him. Finally, he murmured. A real woman under the facade. She pursed at his massive chest and her hands came in contact with his muscular under his muscles under their covering of curly crisp hair. She froze at the unfamiliar contact. She had always avoided touching Larry, but her hands liked the Philip Cannon's flesh, and because of that she dragged her fingers away as if they'd been burned. Caught a handful of her silky hair and held her head where he wanted it. His eyes had gotten darker while she fought him. Till now, they were almost black, and there was no smile on them. His gaze dropped to her soft part of the lips, and his nostrils fell. Let me go, Cannon, she whispered to him. We fought, honey, he replied in a husky deep tone, and you're lost. Have you ever heard to whom the spoils belong? His head was already moving down. She was afraid of him, but being forced into the Oh, please, no. Uh, she cried, her face going white, as she saw Larry's face above her. Insensitive, intent with sexual need, Cannon was supporting her weight suddenly, with her all wants to carry her to the sofa, and hover over her with puzzled, concerned eyes. Want a brandy? He asked softly. She shook her head, drawing in quick breath. She closed her eyes, hoping he got away. Then will you tell me what the hell is the matter with you? He asked. I move towards you and you back away. I touch you and you look as if I've stripped off your skin. Just now, my God, did you think I was going to rape you? She couldn't look at him. I don't like being held against my will, she breathed. I can't bear it. <laughs> no, I've noticed. Then why do you do it? She blazed through my voice for the king. He drew an arm. You chip at my pride, he ground. I don't like being 
told I'm a walking business machine with no feelings. She said, I'm sorry. It, ha it isn't you, she said, Petita. Not you at all. Then what? He demanded. She stopped. She laughed early. Stop trying to storm the gates, will you? Anita the Attila the Hun? She asked. I don't pry into your life, do I? No, you don't. That irritates me just as much, he murmured. As he turned to watch the other saute in, believe his tension in the air. Saved, she whispered to her team. Only for the moment, he promised. Margie was just about to go up to bed later that evening when Cannon returned from his business meeting. He went to the padded bar and poured himself a brandy, hardly sparing her a glance. His shirt was still undone, almost to the waist, and he had a white jacket slung over one shoulder, threw the jacket onto the bar stool, and tossed back the drink. His dark hair was ruffled as if by the sea breeze, and his eyes were bloodshot and shadowed with fatigue. Margie edged away, hoping to make her escape without speaking to him, but Cannon moved between her and the door, with a smile so mocking that she seated herself on the couch and said, what is it about me that gives you these impulses to turn around and run? He asked courtly, dropping down on the sofa beside her, crossing his powerful legs. I don't like your approach. She threw back rubbing her up on. My God, what approach you have. You started to hit me, remember? <laughs> Face went cold. And do you remember what you said to me? Not at all. He meant it wasn't important enough. Took a deep breath while she fumes out. God, I'm tired. The older we get, the more I'm convinced that lower-level executives were created to drive men mad. <laughs> You've been dealing with one, I gather? She asked, clenching her hands in her lap. She wasn't about to run from him. That's a pleasant way of putting it. Her eyes fell on his well-shaped hand, holding the cigarette he was smoking. He had strong hands, she thought, very masculine hands. Her eyes involuntarily lifted to his broad, half-bare chest. She felt a tremor go through her body as she remembered the feel of it under her hands. She hadn't meant to touch him. She hadn't wanted to, but that fleeting contact with his hair rough in flesh had done incredible things to her. Embarrassed at her own thoughts, she dropped her eyes back to his hands about her cheeks going. Do my hands embarrass you? He asked her. I can always stick them in my pockets. She, she leered her. I was thinking of something. She murmured. He finished the cigarette and crushed it out in the ashes. You don't drink, do you? He has conversation. You never touch a drink and lose dams, and you always leave your wine untouched at meals. She glanced up at him. I don't like alcohol, she admitted. You'll never know the names I called you when you ordered me that drink. I didn't touch the first night we met and left me stuck with the bill. He chuckled delightedly. I'll make amends one of these days. He leaned a long, powerful arm across the back of the sofa and studied her. The actions widened in the gape of his shirt so that Margie had to look away or be hypnotized by the blatant masculinity of his bareness. Why don't you drink? I can't get the stuff past my nose, she told him. Is that the truth, or is alcohol attached to some unpleasant memory in your past? She thought of her father's alcoholism and felt herself turn pale. I like your mother very much, she said, changing something. She's a character. And he hesitated before he let her change something. She, she had to be, she said after a minute. My father was a retired army colonel who saw service in two wars. He was miserable in peacetime and amused himself by regenerating the people around him. Especially you, she probed softly. He cocked an eyeball. Preservative, aren't we? He chuckled. 
Yes, especially me, at least until I outgrew my adolescent yearning for his praise. Fought like hell until he died, and he loved every minute of it. She searches our guy. And Andy? Andy fights no one, at least of all me. He had a challenge. Is that a warning? Yeah, you might take it as one. He lit a cigarette without offering one. Andy isn't strong-willed. He needs a woman sophisticated enough to keep the wolves at bay. You're insinuating that he's a weakling who needs a built-in battle axe. She shot back. That's insulting, and it's untrue. Andy may be full of fun, but he's no marshmallow. You may find that out someday. You looked into both eyebrows insolent. Are you presuming to describe my brother to me? <laughs> Just because you lived with him, don't sit there so smugly and assume that you know him like the back of your hand. You never really know other people. We all have a deeply private side that even our closest kin don't see. And how do you know about Andy's other side? He talked. I learned to read people when I worked on the newspaper staff. Andy's got a lot of steel under that easy friendliness. You just haven't discovered it because he's never wanted anything before that. Before that, you told him he couldn't have. Told him he can't have Jan. And watch what happens. She jumped with dark eyes, narrowing menacingly, and the forgotten cigarette sent curls gray smoke into the air between them. My God, you've got nerve. What's wrong, Mr. Van Dyne? She chimed. Aren't you used to people talking back to you? No, he admitted. Well, you may be, you may intimidate your board of directors, but it's going to take a lot more than an underwear manufacturer. Oh, she guessed this is Anne shot out, caught her by the nap of the neck, tricking her face under his cute potion. He sounded like, I'm tired and out of humor, and you've already gotten on my skin once this evening. Let go. She ground up, pushing firstly at his chest. She had earlier in the evening when she fought and lost, but now there's something different. Her excitement pulses were racing, but not out of fear. His hand contracted, forcing her cheek onto his shoulder. He didn't touch her any other way, only with that relentless hand as impeccable as still. Go ahead, honey, fight me. He murmured, holding her gaze as his head started in. Well, the only thing you're going to accomplish by twisting your body against mine is to arouse me even more. She got her breath at the suggestive mark, and while her lips were parted, he took them. She felt her body freeze in a shocked arch as his warm, hard lips crushed down on her mouth, his teeth faintly brushing against the soft flesh. To breathe in the smoky, brandied taste of him, the aura of expensive cologne, and felt a strange new emotion burning at the ice around her body. He was incredibly strong, his hand on her neck still, his mouth deliberately insulting. His tongue doing things to her that made her blush. She could have gone for him with her long nails, but she didn't. They were clenched at her own chest, locked there. She groaned, opening her eyes to find him looking back at her. Amused mockery in his gaze as his mouth controlled and dominated hers. The most serious thing she could ever imagine. Never before had a man looked her in the eyes while he kissed her. And it was the most unbelievable war shot through her. That frightened her more than his strength did. Suddenly she tore her mouth away from his and ducked escaping his hand. Her moment was so quick that she lost her mouth, fell backward, catching the sofa arm to hold her his sense. She was breathing hard, her eyes wild with fear and outrage and excitement, her lips bruised, her body trembling. She looked at him like an animal at bay. He watched him narrowly, not a hair out of place, as she lifted the cigarettes to his mouth with setting fingers. That was disgusting. She bit off her eyes, accusing glittery. A shadow clouded his eyes, but his bland expression vanished. Yes, Lord, honey. You'd fly casually. Not me, mister. She turned fighting to catch him. 
I don't give my kicks by being mauled. He frowns like, is that what you call a kiss over being mauled? She stood up and moved away. Her name slightly weak. Her mind whirling with confusion. How could she tell him? Make him understand how deep scars from her marriage went. Never understand anyway. Not a male chauvinist like him. I'm going to bed. She shook, licking her dry lips to find a taste of her stone. Running from the enemy, he taunted. She turned with her hand on the door and I've clearly beautiful in her fairy. Green eyes like Colombian emeralds sparkling inside. God only knows what you're capable of. She flung at him, leaned back against the sofa. His eyes said, well, don't get your hopes up, honey. Remember, I have to toss a woman out of my bedroom as it is. You have to wait in line for the chance. I wouldn't even buy a ticket. She accused him that works both ways, he murmured. He laughed. It was like making love to a corpse. She caught her breath. That hurt. It actually hurt. She turned, opening the Margie, he called suddenly. She paused for an instant with her back at him and rushed into the hall, slammed the door behind her. She didn't stop running until she got to her room. End of chapter four.